Greetings, everyone. This is a call to actions, and I am your host, Bobby Vaughn. We are continuing our investigation into the crimes, environmental crimes against humanity committed by the plant known as the Honeywell Uranium Conversion Facility located in the small town of Metropolis, Illinois. And here we are just just following the breadcrumbs been led to another fella. The former worker, his name is Randy Woods. Randy, welcome to A Call to Actions. Glad to be here. Awesome. Yeah, so let's just start from the beginning. Um, what years did you work out at the plant, and what did you do out there? Well, I hired in in 93 of January, and I worked there for 23 and a half years. Mm-hmm. So that would put me at 2014. All right. What, what, were, what was your job position, and what... Uh, what did you have to do out there? Well, I hired in as a mechanic. When we had to pull like green salt filters, or prep, dust collectors. I mean, we worked in a, a whole bunch of different things. Back when I first got hired in, we had a lot more products than uranium. But anyway, then shortly after that, about within a year, I bid over to production, and then I was an operator, an assistant, and then a actually run units, mm-hmm. various units, from anywhere from uh, green salt to uh, wet process to KOH muds to the power, uh, not the powerhouse, but the fluorine plants and then out to KOH. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, just starting from, from the beginning, uh, earlier on, what was your training like? Did they did they ever tell you exactly what radioactive elements you'd be exposed to and what the plant was processing? Were there did you think they were acting a little uh, shady in their their training? Well, they they honestly led us to believe that there was nothing in that plant could hurt us. You know, when I hired in, they told me that I could work there twenty to thirty years, go home with the retirement and insurance and everything would be great. Very, very wrong. Hmm. And then your working legacy at the plant started to ramp up. Um, do you remember the first time you were really concerned about the, the working conditions at the Honeywell uranium plant? Well, yeah, I mean, I was working as an assistant in green salt, and the filters up there, you just have to know they've got green salt in them, of course. And green salt, what is green salt? What is green salt? Okay, it's the second step into their process. You got ore, and then the ore prep is conditioned, and the ore is turned over, and then we hit it with another product, which made it green salt. And then from green salt, it went to fluorination, and the fluorinator made it that gas that they put in them big uh, tanks that they hauled out of here in trucks. 
Okay, yeah, just to let any any listeners know exactly yeah, what that is. Yeah, Yeah, okay, yeah, carry on. Yeah, so anyway, they would leak like crazy, and I would report it, and sometimes they'd shut down fix one, and sometimes they wouldn't. So I would ask, how many filters have to leak before we can shut down? And yeah. you would get told that, don't worry about it, your job is just to make sure that you watch them, so, and take care of them. So anyway, to make a long story short on that, they finally started shutting down and fixing the leaks because they were, they were dangerous. There was screens all blown out in the air, HF coming out, and, you know, that's all bad stuff for you. A little respirator, that's nice to wear, but it's not full protection. Oh, and how often... That's what I got into. And how often were these, these leaks occurring? Oh, well, they'd run maybe... Go down for a shutdown, run, run two or three weeks. Sometimes a head gasket didn't last long for some reason. And them gaskets, you know, uh, on top of them things, that's where it would spew out. Well, you might walk by and it would knock you down. Because, yeah. you know, if the light's on in the building, you didn't have to wear a respirator. Well, you didn't know if something was blowing out until you got over there by it, and bam, there it was. So yeah, very dangerous. Can I ask you a question about those gaskets? Um, those are those are seals, right? Yeah. Okay. Were can you claim that the seals were failing quicker than the plant could replace them? Well, they were they was quick. They was fast. But see, here's the thing: they didn't want to shut down. Right. One because they was running product. They. If one failed, they just you know you had six sets of them on one on one unit, mm-hmm. and I guess their theory was as long as you can you know use two or three, well you're still okay. But you know it's still yet yeah, you're putting out bad stuff. Well, then when the people would come and test the building, well the lights would be on the next day for two or three days. They would got cleaned up by decon or somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was on constantly. I remember one time that lights were on for. Oh, probably over a month before they got down. Clean mm. enough to turn them off. Uh, during during the uh, the NRC inspections, of course, you know d- these facilities, including the Honeywell uranium plant in Metropolis. Um, you know, I have lived lived in apartments in my life, and legally, the residents of the apartment have to be notified ahead of time that there's an inspection. And usually, the household will, you know, clean up their mess before the inspection occurs. Um, were there times that you noticed that the plant operations were extremely radioactive and dirty? And then, when the NRC or whomever would would give them a notification of an inspection, then that's when they would clean up their radioactive act. Yeah, and start repairing stuff. It looks like they're getting stuff done. Wow. Okay. Wow. So it's just like an, a, an apartment inspection, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Of course. And, and it depends on if you had like visitors coming high up. So why they clean? They come certain ways, so you clean certain pathways for them. Right. But and they but, wouldn't take them nowhere else. They take them down that pathway that's been cleaned. Yeah. And so during these these, these inspections. <laughs> those conditions were nothing like the working conditions that the workers would be put through on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis. 
Oh, no, no. There was times it was just, it was so bad you couldn't even, you know, see in that building. And you come down and race Kang about it, and then they might shut down and fix a few of them. But uh, yeah. a lot of times they just tell you, well, we're going to run for another two days, and then we're planning on shutting down or something like that. Yeah. Well, it might be a week, you know. Two days might turn into three weeks, you know. Yeah. Did you uh, well, did you work only on the inside of the plant, or did you, uh, did you work on the, the outside? No, I didn't know nothing outside. Okay. But, um, okay, one thing I want to bring up is uh, shipments of from the outside of material that comes in were there any anything was there anything off or anything notable pertaining to any containers that were shipped to the plant not really i wasn't around a lot of that so you know most time i was in a building or 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 down in the far end of it in one of them units as far as seeing what come in and out I didn't see much traffic myself, personally. Okay. Um, any any, uh, any car- cardboard containers that came in? Um, oh, I mean, I seen ore trucks come in every day, you know. But they would go through another, they go through the other side of the plant, and they'd go to over there where they, the, uh, they test the ore, and they dr- unlock them drums there. Now, did I see a lot of drums? Yes, they was all over the plant. Old ones, some been there several years. Mm-hmm. You know, we had to move some around to get to another set of drums that we wanted to get to, you know. So, and they'd be rusted and falling apart and stuff would drop all over the place. And they had a pad and of course, supposedly that pad went to somewhere at where it can be cleaned the, 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 all the waste would go the wastewater would go to a place and you could clean it mm-hmm. before it was sent out but you know yeah um, any um, sign of, of of jars coming in anything you can you can think of regarding jars well no no I can tell you about when they had us dumping stuff and when I was a green salt assistant and a group guy a green salt crew guy, they would have us dump or like when the green salt unit was down and we had some made up extra. Well, instead of shutting uh, the fluorination part down, they would have us dump the green salt so they could keep fluorinating it. And we would dump our stuff. And then all of a sudden one day we got a bunch of drums somewhere. They told us where it was, but I don't, I don't remember exact word, but the uh, they were rushing they were I don't know big heavy drums and then when you opened the drum inside there inside that drum was a bunch of little jars of stuff so they had me take the lids off of and dump that stuff mm-hmm. and that stuff was all different kinds I mean it was gold colored it was green sparkles it was put out of gas when you pop some jar lids I mean it was questionable stuff well we asked about it and they said that was stuff from some plant they bought it from and it was okay to to dump but we dumped it you know we didn't know little cans 35 pound uh, metal cans and had had the the drum dump thing uh, adapted to hold them because it was set up for 55 gallons Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So they make a little adapter, and we put them little cans in. We dumped them. Well, sometimes it wouldn't come out. You'd have to beat it out with a sledge, and it'd be just all different. Co- I, you know, it wasn't no rhyme or reason to it. It was different colors. It was different products. It was, like I said, in glass jars and, and plastic containers. And I never seen such. And it was question. And they had us dumping it for oh, a few weeks. Add one in with your regular green salt every so often. You know, you didn't dump it all at one time. You dumped it and mixed it with your stuff. Yeah. So we did that for a while. And then all of a sudden, I come in one day to go down there. They told me to go down and dump some drums. Okay. I went down and dumped them. There's a sign. Dump no more Firmco. And that's what that stuff was called. Firmco, Fernald. Yeah, Firmco. So... I went back up and I asked. I said, why don't we're we dumping that? Well, we're just not dumping it right now. Mm. Okay. Well, the rumor got around the plant. It was a lot more stuff in there that we wasn't supposed to be dumping. Right. Different products. You know, did they verify it? Did it come out and tell us? No, but they did stop it. They did put a little letter out saying uh, that Thermco stuff might have had some products that wasn't, I think, how did they exactly say it? Licensed to be dumped at this plant. Interesting, interesting. But yeah. it had already went through the process and was yeah. And it has done it for a month, and then all of a sudden it stopped it. And that—that's what—that's what really caught my eye. And it was nasty stuff. It was—I think it was no telling what. I just—I don't know. It was a big joke. It was a big joke, and they did—they didn't—they weren't honest with us. They did—they didn't even tell us that it might be what it was. It might be dangerous. It might be plutonium. How did we know? I'm pretty sure the the Fernald stuff had trace amounts. What, what according to the NRC, uh, what they considered trace amounts of plutonium. <clears throat> of course, they go through when it goes through the regulatory process. That has nothing to do with actual civilian or worker exposure. It has to do with with governmental guidelines that they've established as a way to protect themselves. Yeah, but they had no papers with these drums. There was nothing on them. They just said, dump them. Well, they put them with the green salt, see? So you grab some and you dump them. And you had to dump like 10 of them tonight, 10 with every batch you dumped or yeah. whatever. You know, they had different numbers different times. Yeah. Well, but there, there was no, they wouldn't tell you what we was dumping. And that's what, I didn't like that. You know, I'm thinking, well, why am I dumping? Yeah. It, it, they're going to kill me or really bad stuff or what is going on here and it finally come to a head and then like I said we didn't dump anything like that for a month or two and then I come in one other night after that and they said dump it again we got to get rid of it and yeah. that was the last I know we dumped it we dumped what I knew yeah jeez um, so was it was it a bad deal more than likely they ain't going to never tell me the truth yeah, more than likely. Um, let's see. Yeah, it, it's kind of strange to hear that that you guys were dumping these these small containers that were kind of in an assorted variety of of different um, containers. You said one was a thirty five pound yeah. container. It was thirty five. Uh, yeah, no, no, thirty five gallon. Gallon. Okay. Several of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and then some of them when you opened and they were full of jars and, and cans and stuff and you had to open them and dump them in there mm-hmm. of course they wouldn't go through the system unless you, you dumped the stuff out of them Right. And I thought, huh? I don't like dumping this crap. What does it? Yeah. What were the, the color varieties of these, these different cans and jars? They was everything. Some of them was real thick metal. So you know they was from somewhere. I mean, real thick, real heavy little drums. Mm-hmm. Some of them were light. Some of them, like I said, some of the stuff was in like a, maybe a quart jar. It's like a quart fruit jar. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to dump that out. Now, what is it? I'd ask, and nobody would tell you. Just dump it. Mm-hmm. Farm coal. Don't worry about it. It won't hurt you. Yeah, yeah. Firm coal. That, that's for Nald. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was bad stuff. I, I promise you. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I know the firm coal stuff. Firm co uh, for Nald stuff contained plutonium. Yeah. But um. So you know, let's get back to the conditions of the interior of the buildings. You said some of the uh, the air within 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 the buildings was, would you say, completely dusty, um, almost like a, like a constant haze or like a at smoke. Times, at times it was real nasty, and other times it wasn't. And mm-hmm. but you know, you started out and you had twenty decon workers. Well, at the end of it, you had three or four. So you know they wasn't been able to t- to do what they wanted. They were supposed to scrub the floors, wipe the beams off. None of that was getting done anymore. So the building was just getting more and more contaminated and filthy. From the so time you pull all your workers away and you don't have nobody cleaning, and guess what? Stuff gets left out. Yeah. <coughs> Would you say the the plant became more contaminated from uh, going on into the years? From the time you started, oh, and then yeah, became more yeah. contaminated as the years went on. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah. as a, as a different uh, plant manager come in, you had different, different. I guess they had different priorities. Some wanted to run at no cost, at any cost. Some wanted to run at a half decent, keep the workers safe cost. You know, and but when you're not taking care of it, and you don't have enough people to take care of it. And how are you going to say you've got a clean building or you're, you're checking the air supplies every day right? And, you know, I, I just didn't trust them. They <laughs> air supply, and then you don't have a dust out, and they didn't come back and check it until the next day. You know, so wow. what, what did they find out? Nothing. We worked the rest of the day in that crap. What do you mean by dust out? I've, I've heard that before by, uh, you know, God rest his soul, by a man, uh, Stanley Kruger. I've, yeah. I've heard that before from him. What is a dust out exactly? Well, like if you're running uh, ore prep and you're overfilled your system, you're going to go somewhere. So guess what? It comes out of the screws. It comes out of the elevator. It comes out of everything, and it just blows that stuff. I've seen it. I've seen it a foot half deep on the floor one time. It had to be shoveled up. What do you mean half deep shoveled up? That's kind of interesting sounding. It doesn't sound well, good. It, it run out of a screw. The screw top come yeah. off, okay? The screw top leaked. And the guy was inside, and he was running it. Well, he didn't know it. Well, I'd go out and check my building. i come in and say, man, you're dusting out out there. Yeah. He said, what do you mean? I said, it's coming out of the, uh, I think it was a blender at that time, it was called. And we went up there, and we all had to pitch in and shovel it. And I think we ended up with like 30 drums come out on the floor. Holy moly. 
So you know that stuff went all over the country. That's, you know, all in that building that went all over the place. Gosh, yeah. And during these dusts, I said, okay, just the amount that was dusted out into the interior um, was enough that you, you guys scraped up 30 drums worth. And these um, these buildings had exhaust fans that would yeah. exhaust the interior air out to the local environment, right? Exactly. Yeah. How long How long did, did these exhaust <laughs> fans... Let me tell you one other thing about dusting out. Yes, sir. Before they put in a, a, a dust collector for the HS, when I first hard in, they bought me three windshields, or two windshields, I'm sorry, where that HF would go out into the parking lot and it'd land on your car and it'd etch your windows up and you couldn't see to go home. They'd have to have somebody come in and put your windshield in. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. Nobody ever told you that one, I bet. No, no, I never heard that. Is that because well, of the... Um, no, oh, I had two or three windshields bought for me by Honeywell, and my car buffed out two or three times. Interesting. It's the paint. Yeah, because it's so acidic. Yes. Um, any wow, yeah. So the dust outs, this stuff would leave, according to your worker perspective. Did you did you ever witness any of these dust outs or leaks going beyond the fence line? Well, here's what I'm going to say about that, okay? You've got monitors on that fence line, which they didn't have when I first started in, okay? Mm -hmm. They put them on the fence line. It's supposed to let them know if there's a leak at the fence. Right. Well, all they did was detect a leak. They didn't stop nothing. The fence was still there. You know how a fence is made with holes in it. Mm -hmm. So that alarm was going off, okay? So you know the stuff went through the fence. They, they claim it never got out of the fence. Well, it's not a magic thing. That, that There's a little bitty tiny monitor about big as a quarter, and it was detecting stuff. Well, it, there's no way it could have stopped the stuff from going, so it just kept on going, and finally they realized there's stuff was going off, and that set alarm off, and they had to you know send an alarm saying, hey, we got a, 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 a leak somewhere, and, you know. <laughs> that, that there was a bunch of crap. To yeah. say nothing never left that property was just a bunch of crap. Yeah, so alarms were going off because the fence line, the, the fence line was detecting uh, radiation that was being leaked out at the or plant. HF or whatever it was, you know. And HF being <laughs> hydrogen fluoride, and when it comes right. in, comes in contact with air, creates uh, one of the most deadly chemicals th yes. that I think people have ever created. Uh, is a hydro radioactive hydrofluoric acid. Yeah, see, and that's a bone. That's a bone seeking. Like if it gets on your skin, it won't quit. To it, 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 it goes for the bone. Yeah, yeah. Any, any. Let's see here. Um, anything you know about uh, the effects of the HF, also known as hydrogen fluoride, but I'll call it radioactive hydrofluoric acid. Because when right. it when it gets out into the air, and it's going right. out, um, have you seen or heard of any uh, that you believe to be true accounts of any of these leaks occurring, uh, creating any damage outside of the plant? Well, I've seen flumes go outside the plant. So whether whose house they got or what person, I don't know exactly. But I know stuff left because I've seen the clouds myself. Yeah. 
yeah, and and then like I said, one night I was out there and I, and I have five, uh, which is, had a leak and that, that that leak was purple, and it was a great big huge cloud and it went across the fence line, across the towards Paducah, across the river that way, wow. and when it went through, it it two weeks later there was not a leaf or, or nothing on the trees. It just destroyed them. Wow. And you, you personally seen these trees. I was there that night. I saw the plume. Yeah. A big purple cloud. Gee, purple. Interesting. Yeah. Man, uh, that sounds pretty destructive. It was. It was I-5. That's some bad stuff. Did you go out a couple days later or uh, another um, work partner see that these trees were missing their leaves? Oh, there were several people noticed that. Yeah. It was still spring and summer on both sides of the, the trees where it was dead. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was it was just ridiculous. But it won't hurt you. That's what they said. That's what they said. Yeah, I've um, I've seen and heard many testimonies of, of people who've worked there or lived around the plant, uh, whose family members have um, you know come down with cancer. And, um, I'm sure of it. But that's just, that's just one thing. But um, let's see, let's see. Um, any any evidence of of this is something I'm trying to figure out is uh, off-site burials of any of this material. Uh, I'm not sure if if you know anything about that, but um, any... I personally don't know nothing off-site. I know they had their own dump there on that property. Okay, yeah. It was up there by the old Criso Tie Yard. What's that? So years ago, there was a big yard, a railroad yard, through there, and that's where they uh, made the railroad ties, and they dipped them in that Criso. And that's some bad stuff, too, so that's another story. But they uh, their dump was up there about not too far from there. There used to be a mansion on that property. I've heard about that. that. Yeah. yeah, the Mesker Mansion. <clears throat> well, that dump wasn't too far from that. Huh. All right. Um, I, any knowledge of any type of uh, radioactive iodine isotopes? No, I never worked I five, but like I said, <coughs> excuse me, I saw that. Uh, I saw that plume that night. Yeah. You know, I did work a little bit over there when I was in maintenance on them, them little reactors. And if you got that stuff on you, man, you better shut them gloves fast because it's it. It it uh, eat through them in no time. Jeez. Hmm. Okay. Matter of fact, up there on the platform where they had that pipe that went through the roof, where we had to do some work on it, and uh, one night when that happened, two maintenance guys were up there, and they didn't uh, they they didn't have an escape route. They only had one way up on that platform. Yeah. And they should have had two ways. Well, shortly after that, we raised Cain and they put another uh, way to get down. Things that happen again. Wow. Oh, that's that's a pretty powerful testimony that you have. Uh, so, again, one, one thing that, that really interests me is the, the working conditions inside of the building uh, as opposed to when the plant would be inspected. Uh, any other notes or 
any other comments that you'd like to bring up regarding that that you would like to reinforce or or comment on? Well, it's like I said, they only clean the pathway when they're going to show people stuff. The rest of the building is filthy. When I got first got there, like I said, they had all them people to help clean it up. Yeah. You mopped the floors. You had a routine. You mopped one floor this night and mopped the other ones the next night. Well, all that come to where they wasn't there. I, I, I very seldom seen anybody rub a scrubber or anything on the floors after that. So it was only when the plant yeah. knew that it was going to be oh, inspected. Yeah. When it was going to be inspected or, or they had some special group coming in to uh, see your process, you know. They, wow. they had a, a route and that's the route you claim. Interesting. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's a powerful testimony. Um, and anytime we use hot during this uh, during this podcast, this this episode, hot means radioactive usually um, when yes. per, when pertaining to this stuff. Um, yes, I had I had an incident where I was well considered hot or radioactive. Okay. In other words, you leave a you leave a urine specimen and they check it. Yeah. Well, I come up hot. They oh, this is a big mess. They blame me for this and that and that. And, and it ended up being I think they had a faulty mask on that day. But anyway, so you I ended up being being hot for twenty eight days in a row. And the plant and they treated me like dog. Yeah, and the plan. Blame me for doing it. Blame me for this. Said it was my fault. And and all in all, they and the whole time they were telling me they wasn't blaming me. What did they do? How would they? Well, they would make me leave a sample maybe in this part of the plant or go to the other plant. Then they would come, uh, make me leave, uh, bring bring a gallon jug home with me on my long break or my weekend off, and pee in it every time. And then take that gallon back to them. Mm-hmm. And then they then they, they wasn't satisfied, so they wanted to come to my house because I was still peeing hot when I wasn't at the plant. They come to my house. Now I probably shouldn't have, but I let them look, and they couldn't find a thing. But they looked everywhere. I mean, just made my wife so nervous. Just what what is going on? What is going on? Yeah. They think I'm done something like this. Well, they found nothing. Zero. Hmm. So I wasn't coming home dirty. That wasn't the reason. Yeah, they were trying to say I didn't take showers to it or something like that, but they found nothing. And then this is really topped it off and really got me upset. Was hmm. they they told me they wasn't blaming me the whole time. Then two years later, I get a letter from the NRC saying they find me at no fault. So if I wasn't being blamed, how did I get a letter saying I was at no fault? It sounds like that they really were. Upset. Sounds like they were there was some type of investigation on you, and they were they were worried that the inform something you had been through or something um, you had seen did expose you to uh, exceeding amounts of radiation at the plant, and they were kind of looking to blame it on something else. Look, it seems like an investigation on you by the NRC. No, it was. And they found out that they finally they finally thought it was one of the part of the respirator that has the little gasket in it when you breathe and it closes and breathes and it opens. Yeah. They think it went off. It come off and exposed me straight through the dust all 
day. I worked a 12-hour day that day or 10-hour day that day. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a thank you for bringing that up because that's a different discussion. Is um, were you guys given given fresh respirators every day? Or did these respirators were they no, did they have to go no. through decontamination, cleaning, yeah. and possibly they weren't cleaned good enough before right. the next work shift came in. Do you wanna anything on that? There's a possibility that that happened. You yeah. know. Depends on who cleaned it or sometimes they'd have overtime help cleaning. Well, I don't think the overtime guys was as good as the others, but I'm not saying they wasn't. But yeah. I'm just saying that you got a new respirator every day. You go by the par house where they had them. That's where they washed them and that. And they'd have them in a new bag, clean. You get one, take it with you. Gloves, whatever you're going to do that day, you you get your stuff for it. Your jacket or whatever you're going to need, you know, to protect you. Your PPP equipment, you know. So anyway, uh, I just maybe had one that wasn't maybe not checked good, or maybe it was just a faulty one. It was hot that day in that building. It was 120 up there where I was working. Wow, yeah. You know, and did the sweat break my seal and let some in? I don't know, because I didn't think nothing about it. I threw my respirator. They got drums all over the thing where you throw your dirty respirators in at the end of your shift. Yeah. Everybody just throws them all in there. Well, I never did like that idea, because... What if it was a real bad one in there and he throws it on top and got inside mine and they didn't get it cleaned? Right. You know, I didn't like that idea. But anyway, that's the way they did it. So they thought, you know, so I don't know what they ended up deciding, but I know this, that I was hot, I peed, and I was worried. You get that stuff in you for just a couple of days at work. And then I just went on and on. And, and they treated me like I was trying to. They even asked me if I was eating it once. Yeah. Any uh, any long term effects that that your body's taken as? Well, only thing I know is I've got a rash that happened two days after the that they determined I was hot. Radioactive. Yeah. Yeah. They made me pee like eight times before they decided that there was really something there. So anyway, I broke out in this like horrendous rash. I mean, it was bad. And the the main guy that was in charge of health physics, he made me so mad. He goes, I don't know what it is, but I know what it ain't. And I said, what do you mean? He says, it ain't from radiation. Hmm. I thought, oh, he's a doctor now, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had trouble ever since, I'll be honest with you. I've had, I break out just periodically. I ended up going to Vanderbilt and they finally got me on some medicine that's keeping it at bay better than I've ever been. But when I got down there, they, they thought, you're in serious trouble, buddy. You you, you get that infected, you're going to die. It was 90% of my body. Everything but my face. Holy moly. Really? Everything. Yes. That's, man. I'm that's not... been since I've left there and retired. Hmm. Tell Ooh. me there ain't something there. I don't know, but... But you know, they're not. They what they wasn't being honest. To, as far as I was concerned, and don't get me wrong. I made a living there, but it, it may it may kill me. But I, I made a living for my family. But I, if I had it to do over again, I would have never stepped in that plant. Never. If I if they'd been honest and told me what was actually in there. 
I, I don't blame you, Randy, but I, I do salute your your bravery in coming out and telling the truth. Um, and you know these these testimonies really help in, in saving lives. And yeah. if we're able to to save one life by, by doing it, it's all worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth it. So I appreciate everything. And um, if there's anything else you want to say, any anything that you want to bring up before we head off of this episode? No, I'll, I'll just say some for another return visit to you. Okay. Because I'll have I'll have some more stuff that you probably need to know, but people need to hear maybe this right here first. Awesome. And it can be around two or three, even because there's been a lot of things happened at that plant. Yeah. Well, sounds sounds great to me. Um, anyways, uh, Randy Woods, former worker at the world's largest uranium conversion plant and the only one within the United States. Again, Randy, it's been awesome talking with you, and I okay. appreciate appreciate your testimony. And well, I hope uh, what I said helps someone. It will. Yes, by God's holy grace. Keep fighting the good fight. Randy Woods, I salute you from Northern Ohio. All right. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Take care. All right. All right. Bye.